tell you what, it does good for a pastor's heart to see fresh tears on an altar. Amen? When's the last time you spent some, shed some tears on an altar? Tell you what, it's, it is a beautiful thing to be in the presence of the Lord. Well, we're going to continue in where I feel the Lord's leading us in this season at New Life into the gifts. Uh, we're, we're looking at the apostolic gift um, today, and our, our main section of, of Scripture that we're going to be looking at is out of Ephesians. Uh, bear with me. Um, I was sick the, earlier this week. The family's been sick, and, and it's okay. We're, we're over it, but there's still some lingering little things. So um, my voice in the first service was not wanting to cooperate. Um, I'm just going to believe that it will cooperate in the name of Jesus today in this service. Um, the Bible says, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. The Lord has blessed us, and I am blessed. Um, I, I said this morning, blend praise, bless the Lord on my soul, and all that is within me. All that is within me. Amen. So we're going to bless the Lord one way or another. But uh, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the, the fourth chapter of Ephesians for a moment. And then we're going to turn into, how many did your homework? I asked some of you guys to read, yeah, a handful of people read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. And that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. But just refreshing um, so you see where we're headed. It says, but to each one of us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he, set, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Some of you are going to see there's some presence up here on this altar. There's a reason. There's some gifts that are up here. Now, with these gifts, I want you to see some things. Not each one of them are exactly the same. But there is a harmony. They kind of go together. But they're not exactly the same. Now, these gifts are from Jesus. There's an apostle prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. Well, what if you said there's an apostle, there's a prophet, there's an evangelist, there's a pastor, there's a teacher. Well, if I went moving around, it doesn't matter. These gifts are from Jesus to the church, just like the charismatic gifts we see in Corinthians uh, 13, or, or the, the gifts of the Spirit to the church, to edify the church. These gifts are from Jesus when he ascended. It says he gave gifts to the church. Aren't you glad that he's given us gifts? Now, it would be a foolish thing if we said, well, I don't necessarily like the wrapping on that one. I don't necessarily believe that that gift's even for today. But I'm comfortable with the pastor. Teacher, yeah, we probably still need a teacher. I guess there's evangelists running around, so... But I don't know about this apostle thing and prophet. Well, if you go over here, that's three out of five. Now, I don't know that it works this way, but just humor me for a second. What if it's 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 equals 100? 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%. That means if we're only running at 60, maybe 
40, some 20. How healthy, how healthy is the church going to be? What if you're not allowing some of these? What if I put it to you this way? It's called a five-fold ministry. I would say if you put a, a what? I ain't the sharpest guy. What are, Pentagon? Yeah, five sides. Thank you. A pentagon has five angles. What if you put all five of those at an angle? Now, all five of those can see completely. Amen? I've done this with marriages before. There was a couple one time, and just the Holy Spirit is so awesome. I didn't prepare it, but the husband was just seeing, like husbands do, um, about 180 degrees of what he could see. But he has this beautiful thing called a wife who sees the other 180 degrees that he can't see. But he wasn't using the other, other 180 degrees. So the Lord said, why don't you just tell him to stand up and tell me what he sees. So I said, okay, stand up. What do you see? He's like, are you serious? Yeah. And I said, now turn around. I said, that's what your wife sees. And you're not getting it. Now, now look, when you get to say something like that, there's this beautiful voice that's speaking, and he's going like, are you listening? <laughs> the Holy Spirit's so awesome. He's like, are you listening to what I'm telling him? I'm like, yes, I am. <coughs> there's a five, five ministries that Jesus has gifted the church. And if you're not allowing that to operate in the church, you're only seeing part. And you're only allowing, as we get into this, if we keep reading, you're going to see why Jesus did this. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So if we take some of these away, how much of the equipping of the saints can happen? Just partial. A partial equipping of the saints can happen. That means a partial work of the ministry then can happen. Amen? That breaks Jesus' heart. Especially when he has given those gifts. Now, it goes on to say, <clears throat> for the edifying of the body of Christ. How much can the body be edified if it's only partial? Only a partial edification, a partial equipping. Now, these gifts, I'm glad you asked, well, pastor, how long are they, how long are you supposed to use these things? Well, it says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Now, have we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, the church? There's over 3,000 something different ad administrations of church. So we're not in a unity of faith yet. Um, the perfect man, to a perfect man means to completely mature, <coughs> full adulthood. One bad thing about these types of things, you can't pull the microphone away, so forgive me. Um, forgive me, Facebook fans. You're going to have a rough day, possibly. Isn't that what it is? You're a fan or something? I don't know. Uh, um, a follow? Whatever. Till we all, we're going to keep rolling. Till we all come to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, perfect man, to the measure, 
to the measure or the stature of the fullness of Christ. I mean, if you were wondering, like, okay, are we at the fullness and the measure of the stature of Christ? Yet. No. Okay, so then how long are these gifts good for? Till we are. When's that going to happen? When he returns. Amen? Okay, so something else that I think is just extremely beautiful about these gifts. Pardon me. We are going to make it. Amen? Through each one of these, I believe Jesus gives a part of himself. He's leaving, he's going, he's ascending, but I believe he takes a part of who he is and he gives it to the church as a gift. Was G- and Hebrews tells us that Jesus is an apostle. Was he not sent? Apostolic, signs, wonders, miracles, leading into a new territory. Okay, Jesus is an apostle. Prophet. Was he not called a prophet? Did they not say, you speak as someone with authority? Right? That's a, that's a prophetic. He speak a powerful authority. It, it's, and, and prophesied of forthcomings. Did he not? Okay. So Jesus gave apostolic gift, part of who he is. He gave a prophetic gift of who he was. Would you say Jesus was an evangelist? Like, I don't think you're going to argue that. Okay. Evangelistic. He, he, he would hear and be moved by the heart and the cries of people. And he said, I got to go. I must leave here. I must go. That evangelistic heart. Pastor, the, the Greek is shepherd. Was he called the good shepherd? The great shepherd. Any other shepherd's an under shepherd. Can't argue that one. How many times did you hear him say, good teacher? Teacher. Was he always teaching? How much of Jesus do you think we need today? maybe he was just smart enough and wise enough to go on his ascension. Oh, hold on a second. Yes, I gave you the Holy Spirit, and yes, I gave you the Spirit of Christ to live inside you through the Holy Spirit. I gave you the comforter. I gave you the teacher in there, but I'm also going to give gifts to men for the purpose of edifying and building up the church. Amen? So what, what do you think happens? And I'm not... We'll get to the notes, maybe. What do you think happens when you're in the midst of an, of an apostle? Do you think you're encouraged and, and, and moved by that apostolic gifting and motivated by the apostolic gifting for the purpose of building up the church? So then the church is under that and sees that and is motivated by that and is, and is encouraged by that and then goes like, I think we need to do that. And then when there's a pro- prophetic voice in the house, not, now that this isn't just someone that prophesies. Because all the New Testament church that's baptized in the Holy Spirit should be able to prophesy. But this is the office of a prophet, one that has an authority. And when that prophet shares things and speaks things in power, it affects the body. And you go, whoa, that was awesome. I need to make, I need to move on that. Or we, or we need to prepare. Or, or, man, we need to get busy because Jesus is coming back. So it affects the body and it motivates and equips the body. Evangelist. How many, like I'll use an easy one for you. Todd White. How many of you listen to Todd White? How many have had Todd White motivate you to witness and share your faith? That's the purpose. That is the gift of an evangelist to the body. He is fired up. That dude, is, he is fired up about getting people saved. Everywhere he goes, he's talking about Jesus. That doesn't mean every single one of you are an evangelist. 
But that evangelistic gift is going to teach you and equip you and challenge you to be on fire to share your faith. Amen? Pastor Shepherd. That's going to... That's, that's really... A Pastor Shepherd is, is, is where you see Stan and Shirley in, in the uh, chaplaincies. And they're, they're, they're not necessarily going to be running as the apostle or running as an evangelist or, or even in, the, in, in kind of alone, the prophetic more kind of alone with the Lord, hearing what heaven is saying. It's caring for the, the wounds and the, the needs of the people. And that's, that's part of a pastor. The, the, the apostle is going to be running forward, being sent, and the, 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 the shepherd is going to be going, um, we've got some injuries we can't run yet. And sometimes it can be very challenging and frustrating when you have them all working together. Jesus knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows like if it was all shepherds, nope, the grass is good here, the water is good here, and there's some babies that are going to be born. We're going to stay here. The evangelist's like, no, we ain't. There is greener territory. And the prophet's like, we can't stay here. There's, a sh- there's wolves coming. There's supernatural things going to happen. The teacher's going, but we need to teach these people so they don't do the same stupid thing again. The evangelist is like, forget you guys. I'm just going to go get people saved. <laughs> Figure it all out with the rest of those Christians. Serious, the evangelist hangs out most of the time. They're not hanging out with Christians. And then all the Christians, well, what the heck's wrong with that guy? He actually has an office calling. These five are not in competition with one another. Amen. There is no competition. Amen. Jesus designed it. Was, was Jesus in competition with himself? Was he like a schizophrenic? No, he just operates so beautifully and, and, and wonderfully. And when, when each need needed to be met, he operated there and he functioned there. And that's what he wants his body to do. That doesn't mean the apostle's better than the teacher. The teacher, each one of those at different times is going to submit. So that ministry is needed and is getting attended to. You with me? Amen. So... I'm going to spend some more time in the apostolic. And why I'm doing spending more time in the apostolic or the apostle um, office is because it doesn't really get talked about very much in my life. And we're going to probably spend a little less time in, in the pastoral, the evangelists. We're pretty familiar with them. We're okay with them. We know how they work. And we're going to spend a little more time next week in the prophetic, not the pathetic. Some of what we call prophetic today is pathetic. Hitting the note last week, just because some things, just because there was, there has been abuses in these gifts doesn't mean we throw them out. The fact that there has been counterfeits proves that there is a real. If you counterfeit something, it means that there's something extremely valuable worth counterfeiting. Like, you don't counterfeit $1 bills. You counterfeit $100 bills. Right? I don't think Paul is a, Paul's a jeweler. They don't, they don't, there's not many counterfeit blue topaz, is there? 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a counterfeit Bluetooth. There's no reason to counterfeit Bluetooth topaz. There's no counterfeit, I mean, there's no reason to counterfeit quartz. Yeah, but there's counterfeit diamonds. There's counterfeit alexandrite. Like, the rarer something is, the more valuable something is, there's counterfeit. Amen? Amen. So just because something has been abused or someone has done it wrong doesn't mean that we should throw it out. It also doesn't mean you don't call it out. But that's for another day. Apostles will do that. <laughs> We'll get there. So if you did your homework, you read 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now that starts very interesting. And why I did that is when I felt the Lord, I began to go into the looking at the apostles. Um, I just kind of felt the Lord said, just go to scripture. Don't, don't, you don't have to go look at too many things. Just just go look and see what, um, what Paul did and what Paul said about it what you read in Acts, and I've done all that. But I love, I think a good thing to, to do is, is actually before 1 Corinthians 4, I'm going to read the last part of 3 because um, as you read 4, it says, there's this word, it says us. And if we read a few verses ahead, it will tell us who the us is, okay? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21, it says, therefore, let no one boast in men. You see that? Let no one boast in Men and women. Let no man boast in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Let no one boast in that. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, which was Peter. So there's three different apostles. Let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, whether Apollos or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. Woo! And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. All right. Let a man so consider us, who's the us? Paul, Apollos, and Cephas, and Peter, those apostles. Let a man so consider us apostles as what? Servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. All right? So a good description of what to look for in apostles would be right out of the horse's mouths, is that they would be stewards and servants. Servants and stewards. So that word in the Greek, servant, is huperetes, or huperetes. It means to row. Row, row, row your boat. Row, that kind of row. And it means an under oarsman that is subordinate. So you guys remember in some of those old movies, you'd see like there's like two or three levels of, of rowers. And those big ships, they were the under oarsmen. So you'll see a lot of times in the fivefold ministry and in churches will we'll really elevate apostles to like they're these superhero people. But Paul is saying we're subordinate, we're under oarsmen. Kind of cool, huh? That's what that's the terms that they say. Now they go on, and it, and it also means to be um, a minister, a subordinate, a minister, an officer, a servant. Now, every one of these are servants by design. They serve the body. They equip the body for the body to do the work of the ministry. Does that make sense? The body is to do the work of the ministry. These fivefold ministries are to serve and teach and lay down and equip the body for the work of the ministry. 
So they're subordinate. They have a heart of a servant, like someone else I know. Stewards, that's oikonomos. It means a house distributor, like a manager or an overseer. That is an employee in the capacity, by extension, a fiscal agent or treasurer, figuratively, like a preacher of the gospel, <coughs> a chamberlain, a governor, or a steward. Now, when I used to work for um, Paul and Michelle's parents in this Valley Springs store, you could say that's, that's the role I played in that store. I was subordinate to the owners but worked as a manager. And I could buy stones and I could sell stones and do all those different things. They gave me, they entrusted that authority and that ability to me. It was theirs that was given to me. Does that make sense? You see that as a picture of like Joseph. Remember Joseph in Potiphar's house. He was given that ability to manage his household. And he managed that well. And he made those decisions just under. Also, he did that for Pharaoh. So that is, that is the role. You'll see Paul saying, he's like, we're under oarsmen, but we've been given authority. We've been given man, a manager, a manager, la, 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 manager, how do you say that? Managerial, thank you. Easy for me to say. Managerial skill set to equip and distribute to the body. Okay? That's how Paul's explaining it. I think that's a pretty good explanation. So they oversee and communicate and reveal the mysteries of God. That's what it says. It says we've been, they, uh, let, let a man consider us servants of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. They are to reveal those things. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Kind of cool. And that word reveal, it kind of hit me as, you know, there's a, there's a powerful word that everybody wants to say. It's called revival. And I thought, hmm, I bet you. Now, this is just my thought on that. But I think a lot of revivals get started through an apostolic ministry. They're pushing forward. They're going into different territory. They're taking and, and, and challenging the church to move into a different area, into the, some new wine. Maybe, maybe there's this old area. We need to grow. We need to, to ch just challenge ourselves to move into that. And they also are part of like revealing some of those things that the Lord is pouring out. That, that is part of their role is in gift mix into the body. And that's a good thing that we need, amen? Also, in Jesus' days, a steward oversaw the entire household and estate of a wealthy person. And he had to be faithful and trusted in his assignment. And I will tell you that uh, Paul and Noreen and Paul and Michelle, they, they, they entrusted me. I had the, the keys to the stores, the, the combinations to the safes. Now, that's something. When, when in my past life, there was, I was a felon. It is such a beautiful picture of what God can do and how he can restore people. Of, I would go into jail and do ministry in there, and, and, and they were like, you work in a jewelry store? I was like, yeah. And it would, sometimes I was like, that's pretty crazy. I, I got the keys to those three stores and safes and all this stuff. It's pretty wild. But they knew I was faithful. And, and only, God will only give that manageability to that apostolic faithfulness. There has to be a faithfulness to that. So I want you to see something here. The, the test, and here, here to me, to, this is 
Steve Dennison. Well, actually, it's the Bible that I agree with it. The test of a steward is not his ability or his giftedness. Hear me. If I would write this down. The test of a steward is not his ability or his giftedness, but his faithfulness. You hearing me? There's a lot of people with giftedness. There's a lot of people with ability. But I will tell you, in this day and age, there is few people with faithfulness. It is so frustrating and challenging at times. But this is what God is looking for. This is who he puts in and blesses and equips is those who are faithful. It has been a lesson that has taught, he, he, will, he, he has taught the church. You want to be given much? Then be faithful with the little. But in our day and age, we want to just take people and just equip them and, and oh, you've got a gift? I'm going to give you all the keys to the kingdom. But they've never shown themselves to be faithful and they shipwreck things and they cause all kinds of problems. But that's not God's way. God's way is, I see gifting in you. I see, I'm going to give you a little something. I need you to steward that. And before you're going to be given more, you're going to steward it well. And then as you steward that well, I'm going to give you more. Now, that is, that is the, the thing that he's looking for, church. If you want to be used by God, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is a today, as a popular thing to say, a now word. Right? I, I watch some of those TV preachers, and they that this is a now word. So I'm doing it today. This is a now word. I'm official. God's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for faithfulness. There's plenty of giftedness. There's plenty of ability. There's plenty of talent in this day and age, but he's looking for faithfulness. A steward is expected to act, listen to me, act in the interest of his master, not his own. How much of that do you see today? If there's ever a generation of me, 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 it is this one. I'm not picking on the, like, the, what are we at, Z? I'm not picking on Z. How did Z get there? X and Y. And how'd they get there? Boomers? Uh, boomers are always the ones that say, well, start, start. I go, yeah, you taught them. I pick on everybody. I'm an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> but if there's some faithfulness in some folks, they got taught that somewhere too. Amen? It was modeled before them. So church, hear me, church. If you're complaining about the faithfulness of the generation underneath you, you check yourself before you wreck yourself. Church, if you're complaining about the faithfulness of the generation underneath you, do some looking in the mirror. Because apples don't, last time I checked, apples don't fall far from trees. Amen? Amen? Is that a now word? <laughs> that was, I think that might be the last one by the looks of some of your faces. A steward. A steward is not always closely supervised. A steward doesn't have to be closely supervised. A steward can be left alone, and, and the man will know that his business is being attended to well. 
That's a, that's a, a big quality of an apostolic, of the apostle. The apostles are sent out. There's not a whole lot of other people with them to help them. And they're sent out. God knows you've got to be faithful. You're going to have to be able to steward those things I've given you without me being around all the time. You're going to have to be found faithful even when no one else is looking. They don't have to be closely supervised. But it is always expected from a steward to work diligently and faithfully. It's just expected. It's not a surprise. They don't get attaboys for that. Oh, you were faithful today. Oh, just such a good job for being faithful. Well, that's who you are. Those apostles, those apostolic types, they don't care a whole heck of a lot of how certain people in the church or out of the church feel about them. Come on. If you're going to be that, if you, here's where at some point, I think last weekend there's some people, I think I might be an apostle. I think I might, I might want to go in there. I think, here, here's where that's probably going to change, okay? <laughs> you were feeling pretty good about it last week. This week you might not so much. They don't care too much about who they're getting compared to. They're not caring about too many things. They're not worried about whether what they say or not is going to put them in jail or land them in jail or not. Because they're out front. They don't have a bunch of other people like got their back. They're going into some new territory. They're, they're going into some areas and they're not shutting their mouth. They're preaching the truth and the gospel. No matter who it upsets. No matter who likes it or don't like it. And they'll suffer the consequences for it. And thank God for them. They're going to stand trial. They're going to have to have some thick skin, an apostle. They're going to be a lot more concerned. Here, here's something about an, at the apostolic. They're going to be way more concerned about what God thinks about them and what he's saying about them than what anyone else is thinking or saying about them. That is, that is a, a wiring that comes from the throne room of God for them for that. That's a special type of person. Not everyone can do that. A prophet, definitely. Prophets are so sensitive. Seriously, prophets are very sensitive. They're like, oh my gosh, because you have to be. They just be moved by the Holy Spirit, and they're sensitive. And if someone says something, they take it. Oh my gosh, they didn't like my prophecy. Oh, they think I'm a false prophet. They got to go get prayed through and encouraged. But for you know, it's just an apostle's just like, eh, whatever. I'm not here for you, anyways. I mean, seriously, there's just there's a there's a roughness to it. There's also a, you'll see there's a softness too. They're a mess, honestly. They're not in competition with others. You're going to see something cool when you read through the Gospels. When you read through Corinthians and, and uh, Ephesians and, and, and Acts, you'll see that Paul, at times, he will, he will build up a church and then he's going to leave and he'll send other apostles there. And he'll have word, he'll say, go send Apollos, I can't be there. Like, they're not like, oh, this is my group, what do you, don't minister to them. Oh, don't let that prophet come in there. They're, no, they're like, go ahead, like, phew. Like, I can't be everywhere at once. I got to go do some other things. They're, they're, not, they're not in competition. They work well. They, they, they're able to do that because I think really strong, and, and, and all these gifts, really, if, if they're submitted to the Lord, they know that their, their gifting and their call is not from them. They know, and it's not from people. 
they know it comes from God. So they're able to know, like, this isn't my thing. This is the Lord's. So it can be shared and given and, and graciously surrendered, and it's the Lord's. They're not puffed up. Now, I'm not reading the rest of this, um, but if you were to, those of you who have read this, you're going to see where I'm getting this. <coughs> um, I'm just following, basically, I'm just kind of following along <laughs> First Corinthians 4. They're not puff, puffed up. Paul says he is the least of the apostles and says he thinks that God has displayed apostles last as men condemned to death. How many want to be an apostle? It gets better. He says they look like fools to the world for Christ's sake. I'll tell you what, an apostle looks like a crazy fool to the world. They're dishonored. They go without food and drink. Poorly clothed half the time. Beaten at times. Homeless at times. They will have to work with their hands at times when there's not a church to provide for their needs. You see, they're going sometimes, they're sent out. They're going into works, into areas. There isn't a church. <clears throat> not always is there other churches that are supporting them. So they got to get the job done. They are moved by a call that didn't come from someone else. They're going to go get the job done. But that means they're going to have to work along the side and go build tents and do whatever else they got to do to make tents and then preach on the side. They're going to do that. That's, a, that's an apostolic anointing. Really, another way to say that is they're going to get it done with or without the support of the church. They're going to get it done. That, that apostolic anointing, it doesn't need a whole heck of a lot of help. It's got the, it's got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we're good now they will work well with everybody but if, if they feel and the Holy Spirit's leading them like this is where I need you to go <coughs> they'll go come on guys let's go and if y'all don't come they're like okay I'm going now they're cool if we all go but if you don't go they're still going they, they are they know what they heard they probably worked alongside of a prophet which we will see as we go into that they usually have a prophet pretty close by that they're pretty common. They've also shared and asked, sought the Lord, and there's been some confirmation so that when they go, they know they've been sent. There's a confidence there. They're not just like wild, royal, you know, just, I'll just go do whatever. But no, but when they go, they're on it. They, and, and they have, like we talked about last week, seems to be they've got like this jackknife of, of giftings that can, they can just, the Holy Spirit can just move through them and do the different things because there's not a bunch of others with them most of the time. It's super cool. They're radicals. They bless those who curse them. Like, that's radical. They bless those who curse them. They're patient with those who abuse them. You know, remember they were, Paul, and, Paul was getting beat in prison? And God shakes the place up. And they were, the jailer, he goes, the jailer's about to kill himself. He says, no, don't do it. Now, most of us, if we were getting beat by the jailers and put in prison, and God starts shaking that place up, you're going like, thank you, Lord. It must be your will that he kills himself. He abused me, your precious servant. No, they're quick to forgive. Oh, no, don't do it. Saves the whole household. They're kind and gentle when evil things are spoken against them. 
They're treated like the world's garbage. That's what Paul said. They're treated like the world's garbage. Want to be an apostle now? If you keep reading through that chapter, you're going to see that, that these apostles, they also have the heart of a father to those they've led to the Lord or in their care. So they can be these different ones, but they also have a father's heart for those. And you'll see that through Paul and the different apostles' ministries. You can see that, like, Paul is in, Paul's in jail often, and he's writing these letters to the church as a, from the, of a father. He's concerned for the church, and he's, he's sending out letters, and he's, and he's giving instruction, and, and there's, a, there's a, a, a buy-in to them. He knows they're not just, like, they're not just orphaned. Even though he's left, and God has called that apostle to, to go to another place and to be moved to another place, they're still like, those are my kids. They still have that heart of a father over them. Here's one of the coolest things I see, and you only see this through Paul and, and, and the apostles, and, and I think this is something that if, if there's a thing for that apostolic to glean into us, guys, is this is a word. This is such a powerful word that's for each one of us. That apostolic anointing has the ability because they are a lot of times they're the front line they're going out where maybe there's not even other bibles around they don't have they don't have the other people in their life to see what jesus looks like until they get jesus developed in their life they are able to say this follow me as i follow christ they're able to say this is what it looks like church hear me that's an apostle to be able to say this is what it looks like you're not saying I'm Christ, but you're saying Christ is in me. And I am being your model. I'm showing you what it looks like to follow Jesus. I'm showing you what, it's look, what it looks like to spend time in the, in the, in the presence of God. And what, it, what it looks like to pray. What it looks like to, to cry on your face before God. What it looks like when it all hits the fan to stand in the midst of it. What it looks like when you go into a spiritual dark territory and all hell's breaking loose. Here, follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm going to lead you through this. Yes, it's going to look ugly. Yes, there's going to be attacks. Yes, there's going to be war, but follow me. I'm going in first. That's what it looks like. Church, we're going to learn a lot from that. Because that ministry and that role is to equip us for the work. That means we're going to have to be able to do that. Well, how do we learn those things unless there's been an apostle that's had that heart that's been in those battles, that's been out front enough on his own to know how to defeat the enemy like that. we got to receive that from them. Maybe that's why we don't see the church taking the ground. Because we have disregarded them for a long time. And it's dirty work. We, oh, Lord help me. That's the truth. The pastoral role has, has, and this isn't the pastor's fault, it's the church's fault for not using the five-fold ministry and just putting everything into the box of a pastor. But then the pastor is this elevated person that's supposed to have all these different things, and that it's not meant for one person. Especially if that's not even his gift. But that's the office, and that's the paid position. Are you with me? No, I'm not mad at nobody. And it's, thank God, and, and, and thank God, there's probably quite a few pastors that have a mix of gifts. That's a beautiful thing. 
But that wasn't, that isn't, Jesus didn't go on his way ascending and go, I got a gift for you, church. One box. He said, I got gifts for you. And there's not one greater than the other one. So it could happen that sometimes pastors, because they are the one-man show, and everyone's looking at them, and then there's another areas that are, well, I can't look like I have any weaknesses, or I can't look like I don't have all these different things. And then they're afraid or inferior to someone else who does walk in their call. I, I will tell you, I've been shunned by a lot of pastors in my life. Because I had a different gift. Or there was a different strength, and they didn't have that same strength. So rather than embrace it, it's keep it away. Think, pastor Jay was the only pastor in my life that didn't do that. That's not true. One other one. One old, amazingly old, awesome man of God. He brought me in. It was like, and I loved him, and I served him with every. I love serving him. But most of the other ones were, and that's what happens, because there's inferior, or like you're inferior. Oh, I don't know if I have that gift. They got a stronger gift than me. That So what? Like, I'm not afraid of someone with a stronger gift than me. You want to be on our team? That's where I'm at. You want to come be a part of this? I didn't got all, I got, I'm not strong in all five. Dude, you're not going to, you guys aren't going to get everything you need just from me. Or you'll just be just like me, and that ain't good. The world can't only handle so many of me. There's got to be some others. Are you with me? That was all for free. You, none of the first church, first service didn't get none of that. Where the heck are we at? Where's my teacher? Also, each one of these, we, we want to do this. And, and this is the only, the only bad thing about this is this is what we want to do. We want to put them in a box. That's your box. Stay there. Guess what? God does some cool stuff. He will jack this up. He will put all the five boxes together and, and go, Here. And you go, but, 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 here. I just did this because I wanted you to see that they're different and unique, but they're still in harmony. So, but disregard the box. God hates boxes. Oh, I'm telling you, God, the, I think God let the, I think he just goes out every morning, just like stomps boxes. <laughs> just for fun. I feel like it's one of the, the Holy Spirit's gifts. He just smashes boxes. <laughs> Men build them and he smashes them. Where are we at? Follow me as I follow Christ. They're able to say, imitate my life. And they have such a father's heart that they will send others in times when they can't go. They are sent ones and they will send others. They are sent ones, and they will see and call out things in people, and they will see other gifts in people, and they will go, oh, the church needs you. They'll send them out. 
oh, go, minister. They don't have to be the guy doing it all, nor do they want to be, because they're in jail half the time, which is good. They get some time to write. <laughs> Honestly, being sick this last week was, it was a mess at first, because we have a business meeting Sunday, and if you, you have to have two weeks in advance for that, and all this other stuff, and I was like, how are we going to do this? And then two weeks from now, and if I move that, we have our leadership meeting, and blah, blah, blah. Well, Lord, you're going to have to do something powerful. Like, you got to do something. Thank God he did. Thought I might have to send somebody else. If you keep reading in the fourth chapter, I think about the 18th verse. Towards the close of the letter, he says, Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you. This is Paul writing in 4 verse 18. Some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. He's kind of saying, hey, talk's cheap. He goes on and says, those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? That's an apostolic call right there. That's, that's, that's see that heart of a father? Fathers aren't grandfathers. Fathers will discipline. Grandfathers spoil. That's why we don't have a grandfather God. That's why Jesus said, let me teach you how to pray. Our Father, honor, respect, fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. Amen? Our Father. So there comes a point with, with that apostolic, there's a fatherly role to those that is like, hey boy. So, so here's what I put on this, that they also have no problem popping balloons that need popping. You know what balloons are, right? They're, they're blown up. Someone blew them up. Apostles don't have a problem popping balloons if they need popping. Those puffed up prideful people, they don't have a problem putting things in place and putting things back in order. They all, they're, they're part, in all five-fold ministry, is part of like arranging house managers or putting things in place. But that apostolic won't have a problem. I mean, not that they want to do it. Like, you can see Paul's heart. Like, should I, like, I don't want to. Like, I'd rather come to you lovingly and tenderly, but if, do I need to come with a rod? Like, if I got to come with a rod, I will. I don't want to. So it's not like they're just running around like, oh, <laughs> I can't wait to go to that church. What pops and balloons? But for the sake and the health of the whole of the church, if, they, if there's some balloons that need to get popped or there's some joints that need to be re-straightened out or there's some, some breaks and they need to get set, they'll do it. Even though they know it's going to cause some pain. Here's one of the greatest things I think about apostles. They suffer for the sake of others. You know, an apostles, they are the ones that are going out. They are the ones that are being sent forth, and, and they take a lot of shots, and they're, they're getting chewed up and spit out, and they're, they're, the, they're looked at as the least. They're looked at the crazies, and they take a lot of the shots so that the church doesn't have to. They take a lot of shots so that a lot of the other folks don't have to take them. They take a lot of shots so that some of these folks don't have to. Thank God for that. 
Amen. Thank God for that. That they're they're going sent out. They're going into areas, and you'll see that. And that's a beautiful thing. We got a little bit of time left, and I still have part of a voice left. So turn with me to Ephesians three. This is the, this is also a, a passage the Lord put in my heart to look at the apostle, the apostolic gifting. <coughs> We're just going to read it through. He says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. You see that? That revelatory made to Paul. He made to me. And revealed the mystery. He made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the spirit of his holy apostles and prophets. So that revelatory comes through the apostles and the prophets. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. So here's the mystery. The mystery that's being revealed, that was revealed to Paul, the apostles, and the prophets, was that the Gentiles would be brought in, just, and they would receive the same benefits as the Jews. That Jew and Gentile alike, in this dispensation of grace which we're in, Jew and Gentile alike would be seen the same. It would, they would be called the church. The mystery is the church. This beautiful organism, not organization, organism. This beautiful living thing that you and me are are. The church is an is. It's not a building. We meet here, and this is a church. This is, this is where we meet. It's a, it's a special place because we come here to worship God. But we are the church. The mystery is that it can be Jew and Gentile, male or female. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It don't matter who you know or who you don't know. Well, it does actually matter if you know Jesus. But if you don't know him, you're not a part of the church, right? But you're not bragging on any of these other things. Not like it was before. The Jews were bragging. They was, you know, we are God's chosen people. And it was all, now it's, no one can really take any special pride in that. It's the grace of God. So this is the mystery that Paul is saying he is revealing. He says, um, Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I have become a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Do you see any pride in that? Paul is saying not at all. He says, I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. There is no pride in these. No pride in these gifts. Every one of these gifts, every one of their grace gifts, they were graced, not worked for or earned, and they will know that if they're submitted to the Father. And their purpose is to serve the body. And you're seeing that. Those, you see the words in the beautiful? He's using the word grace. Charis. That's where the charismatic, the charismata, those, those, the, the, the gifts that come from the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 13 are grace gifts. These gifts that come from Christ are Grace gifts. Beautiful. He says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see 
What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ? He's saying that, that the mystery was the church. It was hidden. But now it is being revealed to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known, watch this, by the church. Ooh, to who? To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh my gosh, did you get in this? These gifts are purposes so that now the church can be revealed to who? The principalities and to the powers, all those areas. Like, dude, we've got some work to do. Like, that we should be making the heavenlies and the, and the spiritual, like, tremble. That's the purpose of the church, to, to rock the, the spiritual errors, the errors that are over our, our, our communities and other communities and, and communities over this earth where there's spiritual darkness and principalities in high places, that the church has power and authority and gifts that have been given from God himself for the pulling down of strongholds, for the setting the captives free in areas, for the removing of the scales of the eyes of the folks who are blinded, to be moved with the heart of an evangelist, to go out and, re and reach out to those who are lost, to have that prophetic utterance that will speak and, and break through the chains, that will have the, the pastor's heart to come along and, and tend for those who've been wounded and cared for, and to have those teachers that are coming along and equipping and teaching the saints so that, that they're getting built up, and then they can go be sent out. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's not my words. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the, by the church. Church, we've got to know that. To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Now listen to, listen to what he said, and then here comes this beautiful prayer he prays over him. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. That's dunamis power. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Strengthened with dunamis through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love and be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the depth, and what is the height of that love, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we will ask or think, according to the dunamis power, again, that works in us. According to, the dun according to the power that works in us, church, I will tell you to what limit you have the control knob on that. You have the control knob on that. There's a thermostat right over there. I can turn that thermostat. How much, how much do I want? How much fire do I want? How much heat do I want in here? You have a thermostat. You hearing me? According to the dunamis. According to the power that works in us. It works in us. It works in us. How much of it is working in you? 
Is there enough working in you? Is there enough? Is, are you breaking through the darkness? Is your, are your prayers breaking through? Are you seeing the outpour of, the, of the, the gifts of God and the mercies of God and the healings and the restorations and all those? Are you seeing all of that like it says it will? Because if you're not, then turn up the thermostat. And turn up the thermostat. And that means, God, I want more. I'm not satisfied. I'm at 74. It's very nice, brother. No, how about let's go to 100. Let's get in a hot tub that's hot. Turn that sucker up. Not lukewarm. 74 is lukewarm. Well, I'm comfortable. It ain't about being comfortable in this day and age. What, what looked comfortable about that apostolic call? I didn't see no comfort there at all. But I'll tell you what, where there's much risk, there's much reward. Where there's much risk, you go turn that thermostat up, there'll be a lot of reward. You want to see things change in this culture and in this world? You want to see things change in your family? You want to see lives change? You want to see people set free? Don't just say it. That means you're going to have to do something. Because these gifts that God has given to this church. Now, now listen to me. We're not, we're not studying this, and I'm not going through this, so that next week we're all going to take a test, and I'm going to call all, okay, here's our five. And we're not going to run around with these titles. Care less about titles. We're not do, we're, I will promise you we're not doing that. But I will promise you, the more that we teach and the more we equip and the more that, that these things are being taught, you're going to see more and more of those giftings poured out into this body. And there may come a day, there may come a day, my prayer is that all five of these would be visibly seen, not appointed by man, but appointed by God. That man just comes alongside of me and says, yes, Amanda, that I see that, I see that, and I qualify that, and I, I, I allow you, and I see that, and I speak into my life equip me in that area amen? amen amen so that's where we're headed before we before people get there and go what's he gonna do with the church he sounds like he's gonna i want it messed up i want it to look like the book of acts i want it to look like the book of acts that's what the church is supposed to be you know that's the blueprint to the church has anyone like me ever read the book of acts and you go well that don't look like the church Every time I read, I love the book of Acts, but every time I read it, I'm like, it don't look like that. No, because we're like, I've got one gift. It's amazing. I don't need any of those other ones. Should I stop? My wife's looking at me like, no? <laughs> like, am I in trouble? Throwing that, was that too much? We should, we should get, you're not, oh yeah, now I got it, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> Lord, I apologize. I repent in front of everybody. I should not have done that. I lost the anointing for a second. <laughs> oh. Well, hopefully you've been encouraged. I 
I don't know what it's going to look like. Let me just tell you that. I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I believe, I believe God. I believe God wants to do so much, and I believe that there's a body of people. There's a body of people.